As an actual ally of this community, I wanted to talk today about accidental allies. People who are transphobes but don't realize that the thing that they're saying actually causes some euphoria. So This is one of my favorite things to look at on uh, Reddit, on YouTube, people who read these. And it's also like super funny when it happens to me because I'm like, you just have no idea, do you? <laughs> so my favorite today, I mean, this is like super like relevant to our current circumstance but there's a new drug that anti-vaxxers are taking guess what it is oh it's it's a uh, it's feminine hormone feminizing hormones right <laughs> feminizing hrt yeah is yep. being used <laughs> by anti-vaxxing transphobes <laughs> to cure their covid hey so, you know we can always use more titties in this world <laughs> i just i keep waiting for them to experience the side effects of this as opposed to the side effects <laughs> of a vaccine uh, that's They're be very really similar. Interesting surprise. <laughs> I would say that the hormones are definitely worse, though. Uh, Reddit conversation. Would you date a person that is neutral gender, not male or female? And an answer was, fuck no, not even with a spelled neutral properly. In fact, I wouldn't even want to spend time with anybody who claimed to have a gender, neutral or otherwise. It's a sure guarantee they're an arsehole. And of course, the great response is, so you're only attracted to agender people? <laughs> I've never heard of that sexuality, but I'd love learning new things, and I'll look into that. <laughs> I'm agender sexual. Uh. <laughs> Just, that's, it's extremely specific, and I'm here for it. Wait, no, that's the new meaning of uh, ace, is uh, instead of asexual, it's ace, like you're agender sexual. <laughs> agender sexual. You know, the A in uh, LGBTAQ uh, plus <laughs> has a lot of different meanings, and we'll add a new one there. Uh, I've got one. Uh, if it's straight and it identifies as a woman, then it likes guys. Period. Uh, <laughs> like, th thanks for being I, supportive. I guess. I, yeah, I mean, like, you're not wrong, but the intention is wrong. Intention is not correct, babe. <laughs> this is great. Trans women have prostates. This is a feature, not a bug. <laughs> Cool. Hey, you know what? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, for some people, yeah. Your gender is not an option, Grace says. You don't pick it. Your gender is something that is always the same. It's a part of who you are. True that, Grace. Thank you. Thanks, Grace. Get that representation out here. <laughs> Hi, I'm Anna, a transgender person. And I'm Cam, your dad. And this is The Transgenda, a podcast chronicling my transition. And a cisgender man learning how to support it. So, our opening topic is trans representation in media. And from the brief conversations that you and I have had kind of beginning on this, I think we're going to have very differing opinions right off the bats here. So, right when we were kind of doing, planning out this episode, you texted me, holy shit, Birdo is a trans woman. If you don't know who Birdo is, Birdo is a character from Super Mario Brothers 2, which is among one of my favorite games. It's the most bizarre of all the Super Mario games and it's so weird. It was not meant to be a Super <laughs> Mario game and then it suddenly was and had all these new characters and and a completely different style of play. And Birdo is this egg-firing person who in the manual for that very first edition North American release was referred to as male who believes that he is a female, uh, which is a complicated <laughs> pronoun 
Mountain game in and of itself. That's a bad way of putting it. And would rather yeah. be called Birdetta, which technically would make this the first transgender character for Nintendo. So the, I, I've got a lot of thoughts here. And I imagine that you and I are going to differ quite significantly on this. So I'd like to hear your thoughts first on what do you think? Is this problematic? Is this cool? What are your thoughts just kind of off the top of your head? Well, again, my initial reaction was this is cool without having spent any time thinking about it. Birdo is pink the first time that you meet Birdo and uses the male name that that Nintendo had sort of defined for it as Birdo, but again, in the manual, wanted to be referred to as Birdetta. So I guess as I'm processing it more, I mean, what it sounds like is Nintendo has established this as an egg who is not uh, being able to actually express their identity well in the game, and, you know, sort of being forced by Nintendo to take on this identity that may not be who they want to be. Now, in Super Smash Brothers, they show up again. <laughs> Sorry, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, isn't that just classic? Classic for the <laughs> capitalistic world we live in, being forced into a gender that you don't identify with? Crazy. Seems like couldn't be made. the norm, huh? <laughs> Super Specialer Brawl's uh, manual says Birdo is of indeterminate gender. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I don't know why they needed to backpedal that, but cool. So tell me what you think. I mean, so, I, I need to be educated here because my excitement is now being toned down a lot. <laughs> <laughs> So I realized that Birdo, I'm going to refer to them as Birdo, because that is, I have always referred to them as Birdo, although, what is it, Birdetta? Birdetta is what they would rather be called. Rather be called, yeah. To be fair, they are a fictional video game character. I'm sorry, Birdo, Birdetta, if you are listening. Nintendo has forced me to use Birdo, because that is the only name that I know you by. My dream is thinking about Nintendo characters listening to our (laughs) podcast, and I just got really excited about that now. So anyway, go on. So... I've known that Birdo has been trans for quite a while. And that was one of the first, like, kind of queer, fun pieces of history that I knew. And I've grappled with it a lot. And it is so goddamn problematic. I mean, just the way that, like, Nintendo talks about it of, like, Birdo is a he who wants to be referred to as a she, but also it wants to go by Birdetta, not Birdo, and still refers to them as their dead name and incorrect pronouns, right? Very bad. The other thing that really bothers me is that Birdo, in Super Mario Bros. 2 is a villain character. Classic way to just, like, be homophobic, transphobic, whatever, make them the villain. And just, like, she has had such a prevalence in the more recent games without any attention being brought to her identity, which is fine, you know, like, some trans people don't want to bring attention to their identity. But, like, it's like the indeterminate gender kind of thing. Birdo clearly originally wanted to identify as a girl and has been forced by Nintendo to identify more as androgynous uh, non-binary, which is not a problem if they do identify as that. It just bothers me that, like, Nintendo can't come out and say they have a trans character because that would be super problematic for them. (laughs) Yes. Then, I'm not going to give a lot of credit here because in 2008, Nintendo released a uh, Japan-only version of the game, a game called Captain Rainbow, in which Birdo was imprisoned in a woman's bathroom, and the point of the game was asking the player to find proof that she's female in order to let her be free. Now, hey, Nintendo, why? (laughs) What the fuck? What what was that? What the fuck, Nintendo? God, that's just straight-up transphobic in every way. Nobody. Hey, hey. Everybody, everybody, listen to Anna now. It's Anna Listen Time. Don't fucking question people about what bathroom they're using. That's none of your business. Your business is to go in there, do your business, and then leave. Because you're just there to piss. Just. Or shit. It's just a bathroom. Or both. And we all use it. 
So let's talk about some other popular characters in media. One that I wanted to bring up, aside from Berto, was uh, just the the very worst representation of trans people I can think of in my popular media, and that is the show Friends, which is just immensely problematic across the board. And um, Chandler's uh, mom was a trans woman. And there was a running bit of which culminated and just burned in my brain as I, I saw it for the first time as a kid and was like, this is not a funny joke where one of the other characters meets Chandler's mom, the person who was assigned female at birth mom, and her name is Amanda. The character says, oh, ha ha ha, Amanda. And it made me so sad for society as a young person even just going, that is not funny funny listeners at home i faced poems so hard <laughs> when i heard that god let's uh on this list we're going off the wikipedia page of list of fictional characters who are trans right on this list every single character who i recognize or who has any like description about kind of where they appear or whatever is so goddamn problematic to me you know super jail has a trans character named alice who is the security guard or whatever and she is clearly meant to be a trans woman except she has a super short shorts bulging penis like clearly visible super hairy legs super deep voice like a bunch of facial hair and whatever which is not an issue if that's how you present as trans fantastic let's just maybe not like make a trans character super sexualized like that and two maybe let's not make fun of trans people by like saying well trans women clearly are like super bear like men you know they're not they're not women how could you ever be a right. woman and then another one that i recognized was from family guy quagmire's mom is a trans woman and i've seen a lot of episodes <laughs> regarding that and that is kind of a shit show every time that they bring it up so maybe let's not make trans people the butt of any jokes it feels like trans women are always yeah. the target <laughs> And like, let's start changing that perception. I mean, we're we're only approaching popular media today, not punching down on trans women. Finally, finally. I yeah. mean, I look at this list and I say, exactly. until, let's say 2018, I look at this list of literature, <laughs> video games, television shows and say, there is so much punching down in this list and it makes me really upset. Oh, yeah. No. Um, the last one that I wanted to bring up, and this one is clearly just from reading the descriptions. Um, I don't know anything about this episode but it has so many trans people in it, is uh, from Bob's Burgers. It is the Sheesh Cab Bob, which, from the descriptions, sounds like a fetishized transgender club, like sex club. And as we have previously discussed on this podcast and how much I hate this, let's stop sexualizing trans people. They are not for you. We are our own people. Stop fetishizing us. It's it's gross. And shoot us a comment or write us an email if you've seen this episode and you feel super empowered or euphoric about it but all i see on here is four transgender stereotypes cast as sex workers yeah and, and like that just feels problematic like and this might be more against the wikipedia but it's like glitter bob's burgers trans woman glitter is a transgender sex worker who is said to be going under gender reassignment because she mentions the town being full of quote doctors who refuse to cut off your penis end quote that's not even accurate to how the surgery works like, that's a direct quote from the show. I'm all for trans representation and queer representation in media. If you're going to do it, make it right. And also, like, please have at least a queer person 
reading over what you're writing so that we can like make sure that it's not super problematic like this. And ideally, LGBTQ and particularly trans people playing LGBTQ characters in yes. these uh, scenarios. So let's talk about some euphoric examples of that. Uh, Jewel Star, the new She-Ra series uh, that I was reboot, looking at that. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal show. And Jewel Star is such a cool character, uh, such a great uh, representation and is voiced by a trans male actor, which checks all the boxes. Checks like, all the boxes. I want to say a lot of terrible things about Netflix and the way that they treat <laughs> trans people, but I also say, hey, you produced this series and you actually did a pretty freaking good job at this particular... The, out uh, of all the horrible things for trans people that Netflix has done, they did one good thing, and that's what they point to every time. But it's like how they did a show about a women's prison and now they're like, oh my god, we can like shit on women all we want now. That makes me so sad, but yes. <laughs> How about Hed- Hedwig and the Angry Inch? You know, let's talk about musicals. Yeah, like, I don't have yeah. a lot of great examples of trans representation in musicals. The whole musical is about Hedwig, who experienced an extreme amount of abuse in, in their lives. Yeah. And um, there are some lines in there that I-, I know can be really challenging for trans folks and really like, okay, they literally say, I'm a gender of one and a man and a woman top and bottom. Because they're dealing with trauma in their gender yeah. and they're processing who they are. And I, I think that's really important. Yeah, no, I fully agree with that. That's hard to process, but sometimes it's inevitable. Which I, sorry, just kind of backtracking a little bit. That's really funny that I also can't think of that many trans examples in theater generally of trans characters. Yeah, another place I'd love for our audience to to come back at us in uh, comments or emails that just kind of remind us of maybe where those characters exist in popular media that you're excited about. But you and I are both grew up in theater and uh, have participated. I'm looking at this list on Wikipedia of plays, and it's pretty... Unfortunately, I think it's cleansed to just plays that talk about gender and being trans and not thinking about trans characters more generically in theater. And um, yeah. that... The way my brain works, I, I'm struggling to come up with other examples that might exist beyond this list. I know, I'm really struggling. Like, unless if it's a direct parody of another play. Like, I know that there are trans Romeo and Juliet parodies and stuff out there, but like, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to come up with any examples too off the top of my head. So I wanted to kind of do a overview episode on sex, gender, and sexuality, the differences between them, the similarities between them and everything. Um, because this is probably the thing that I get asked the most, probably right away after I come out to people, is like, hey, I'm trans. Oh, so does that mean that you're gay? No. <laughs> so if you have made it this far, and you have a person who you want to listen to a trans woman who is very queer talk about the difference between gender, sex, and sexuality, you can stop the podcast here and send it to them. This is going to be a lot of information. And um, to any new listeners who are coming in, hello, my name is Anna. I am a queer trans woman. And these are the differences between sex, gender, and sexuality. Starting off with sex, there are two sexes that people think of most often, male and female, and that's what it's assigned to you at birth. Within that realm of sex, there's also intersex people who have secondary sex characteristics such as breast tissue um, or bigger feet or whatever you want to focus on um, that don't necessarily align with their sex assigned at birth. I usually think about feet when we're talking about <laughs> so go on. Within the realm of sex, you have all sorts of male, female, intersex people existing 
altogether. For example, I am a trans person, which means that I was assigned a sex at birth, in my case, male, that doesn't match with my gender identity, female. My father, Cam, was assigned male at birth and identifies as male now, which means that he is cisgender. Sex and gender have nothing to do with each other, other than that if you have a gender that makes you, or if you have a sex that doesn't align with your gender, that generally means that you are trans. Gender is the expression and feelings and sort of all of the things that make up who you are and how you express yourself all bowled into like one big complex package. So to break it down a little bit for you, you think of male, you think of female, those are sexes. Now you think of a boy and a girl and you think, oh, well, like clearly boys love tanks and, um, you know, not playing with dolls, playing in the mud or whatever. And girls love dolls and looking pretty, playing dress up, whatever. Yeah, throw those ideas out the window, fucking trans. When the truth is, everybody wants to play with tanks. Yeah, exactly. No, I would love to shoot a tank right now at a transphobe's house. I'm kidding. So, (laughs) in a video game, (laughs) in a video game, throw those ideas out the window. They don't matter. And say, okay, you have a male assigned at birth person, and they really love dolls, and they really love uh, dressing up, and they love theater and everything. Now, you might be thinking, well, doesn't that make him a her, right? Doesn't that make him a girl? No. Because if he says, I'm a boy, I just like playing with these things, he's a boy. Now, if he comes to you and he says, oh, yes, I am a girl then she is a girl, you know? There's not any question there. Unless there is a question there. Unless there is a question. They gen- and they're gender questioning, and they say, I don't know if I am a boy or a girl. Maybe I'm neither. Maybe I'm nothing. Maybe I'm a toaster. Who knows? So gender in itself is sort of what you are, how you would describe yourself, your pronouns that you use, um, and sort of how you express Gender and ex- gender expression are two sort of different topics. Um, we have a couple of other episodes kind of discussing that a little bit more. This is just kind of a big overview. So sex and gender are probably the most closely related in these three topics, because for a lot of people, cisgender people, um, sex and gender are the same. And their gender expression can kind of vary a little bit, but for the most part, they kind of stay within their sort of like expected stereotypical gender, right? Where people get really confused is gender and sexuality. And these two have absolutely nothing to do with each other. (laughs) Other than the fact that your sexuality can determine what kind of gender that you are attracted to. So, for example, I am a queer person. I like to describe myself as a broad-range lesbian. That is because I hate men. (laughs) Um, But I am not exclusive to women who I want to date. Um, I love women. They are beautiful. But I also like non-binary people, especially non-binary people who present more femininely in their gender expression. When somebody... I've never... Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I've never asked you this before because we have not delved, and I know you're still kind of thinking about all this. Would you be romantically interested in trans women? Do you like to save money? I know I do. That's why I've started using Upside. 
Upside is an app that gives you cash back on your everyday purchases. I personally save up to 22 cents per gallon on gas, and there are deals for up to 30% back at restaurants. And if you use our offer code, you can save an additional 15 cents per gallon on your first gas purchase and support the transgender while you're at it. Just go to Upside.com to get the app and use offer code Cameron six three four. 936. That's C-A-M-E-R-O-N 634936 to get 15 more cents off when you fill up your tank. Make your dollars go further with cashback from Upside. That honestly depends. You know, I am a demisexual person, but that basically means that I need to feel a really strong connection with somebody. And not to say that I couldn't feel that connection with a trans woman. It just needs to be like a trans woman who expresses and has more of a feminine personality than a masculine personality for me. Just because like I've run into trans women who are not that for me and I have not gotten along. That's not just like I'm totally open to date a trans woman. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm also open to dating a trans man if they express more open or like more femininely than masculine. And that's sort of where my sexuality can get a little bit confusing. (laughs) So say you have a cisgender man who, like my father, has been asked many times if he is gay, and he is not. That can sometimes be a gender expression thing. I know that you are more open in your gender expression than a lot of cisgender men are. And sometimes that can be because they are closeted or what have you. But overall, I would say, like, if you ever have a question about somebody's sexuality and you're interested in them, ask them. (laughs) Hey, can I just say communication in romance and relationships is the defining part of good <laughs> romance and relationships. Like, it does not matter if you are gay or you are straight or you are any part of this continuum here. You, from the very second you are beginning to think that you could be romantically involved with somebody or sexually involved with somebody, you need to begin communicating all the things that you and I are talking about in this segment here. Of, yes. You need to be clearly identifying what your parameters are. Are for the relationship and what your sexuality is, and that's going to be a defining moment of success for your relationship. Yes. That all being said, if you do not have any interest in this person, if you are just friends or whatever, it's none of your goddamn business what kind of sexuality they are, what they identify as, anything. Where you fit in is how should I describe you? How should I refer to you? How should What should I call you? And that gets back to the more gender side of things. Sexuality is specific to how do I, a lesbian, interact with other people around me, whether they be female, male, non-binary, what Whatever they identify as, how do I identify with them? Do I want to sleep with a lesbian, like a girl? Do I want to sleep with a man? Do I want to be romantically involved? So going on dates and not having sex with a person, you know, things like that. Well, and I appreciate you saying that because here's here's my little bit of coming out to you in the conversation that I've recently had, and that's that I think I'm a panromantic person. I mean, I, I really yeah. do think I am because um, I I have attraction that I can express to my own gender and to trans people and a willingness to to feel that I am not sexually interested in anyone but women. And so that's, that's, you know, I, I, and that's taken years to define that, especially mm-hmm. as somebody who's been um, questioned by other people, whether I'm gay or not, <laughs> um, you know, like that, that comes from, I don't, I don't thrive on masculinity. And so that already sets me apart from my own gender in our weird societal norms that get expressed. So, so there you go. I mean, as we talk about these things, I get better and better about being able to express like there's a lot of nuance to everything we're talking about here and there's a huge continuum there's so 
much nuance. There's a lot of vocabulary. That's maybe where a lot of you new people will get tripped up is that there's a lot of vocabulary and you aren't just and you're not sure how to communicate that. The best advice I can give you is one, talk to the person who you who sent you this, whether they be trans, whether they be gay, what have you. Talk to them. Ask them. Ask them questions if they are open to that. That being said, you can't expect this person to do everything for you. You have to do your own research. There are plenty of very, very good resources online that kind of describe this in really basic terms, as well as once you kind of understand that like gender, sex, and sexual sexuality are all different things, you can kind of build up from there. For example, I've been referring to sexuality as a whole thing. That is not necessarily accurate. For example, you can be sexually attracted to somebody and romantically attracted to somebody, as we were just kind of discussing. And you could be neither. You, you can, can be, be neither. You can not be- sexually attracted to somebody, but also romantic, or you could be not romantic, not sexually attracted, and that all those things are completely valid. Correct. For example, my girlfriend, Emmy, we have a romantic relationship. We go on dates. We have a lot of hangout time together, we have a lot of fun together, but she is ace, which means that she does not want to have a sexual relationship, which is just fine with me. We established that early in our relationship. Totally fine. Um, No questions from me. I support her unconditionally in that. But, you know, that needed to be established right away in our relationship and kind of have that boundary set. I am a demisexual person, which means that I am able to have a sexual relationship. I'm not ace like Emmy, so I'm not not interested in sex. It's just I need to have a very, very strong connection with somebody. So generally, that leads to me being attracted to people who I've known for a long time. For example, AJ, my other partner, who I feel more than just a romantic attraction for. You know, we cuddle a lot more than Emmy and I do, and what have you. That is sort of where the sexuality can be broken up, similarly into how sex and gender can be broken up, or gender and gender expression can be broken up. These topics and these categories, the the base three that I would say you need to know the difference between is sex, gender, and sexuality. From there, I would say start learning the difference between, you know, binary sex people, so people who are male and or female assigned at birth, and intersex people. Start learning about how chromosomes can affect things, because what transphobes bring up chromosomes all the time and like right and chromosomes are scientifically a continuum you're it's not yeah it's it's not <laughs> as binary as a transphobe might say a scientist will tell you that hey those chromosomes are not one or zero they are they are much more complicated than exactly that. gender and gender expression so how you express yourself versus how you identify for example i express myself extraordinarily femininely but i also identify as a uh, fae so fae fair fairs uh, as well as you know female and then the last categories that i would break up is sexuality in romantic and sexual attraction so those are two different types of attractions you can feel different things for different people All I am doing is giving you a baseline of here are the very, very big categories of sex, gender, sexuality, and then there are smaller categories and smaller categories and smaller categories as you go up. That's why I like to use the term umbrella, because you can have the big umbrella of sex, you can have the big umbrella of gender, you can have the big umbrella of sexuality, and that kind of can describe, like, the little umbrellas underneath. Undera, umbrella, (laughs) Ella, Ella. So, my father, do you have... Any questions regarding any of these big topics, smaller topics inside from a cisgender, not straight anymore, man? (laughs) 
Welcome no, to the community. I, I, yeah, th- thank you. No, I, I yeah, I'm gonna. I don't. I don't want to ever step on the fact that things are more complicated, and I'm not trying to assert myself into the community. But it has helped me realize that all of these things are are continuums. Every every part of this, you can't even have an X Y chart to deal with this. No. It's like three dimensional chess. There's so many we, different layers. We will get into my. How do I describe sexuality, gender, and sex in another episode? Because it is a three-dimensional, four-dimensional, and five-dimensional chess game. Also, I just want to quick point out you are valid, and you are a part of the queer community. You don't need to hide. You don't need to, like, say, oh, well, you know, like, no, no, no. Fuck that. You are panromantic. <laughs> Thank you. And just accept that. Welcome to the queer community. It's a fun place. Finally! I've been trying to figure it out, and there I am. <laughs> Thank goodness that you have exposed me to so much good media that allows me to uh, tackle these things without you having to explain it to me. So the only thing that I would tackle in this is what a transphobe will say is, oh, there's just so many things, you know, there's the list of all the sexualities and all the genders and all the pronouns, you know, like, why do we have to spend so much time labeling all this stuff? That's my question. Why do we have to spend so much time labeling all this stuff? Why do you have to call me sis? I'm not part of your community. Sis, I'm just a real man. What I say to that is, why do we spend time describing colors? Or different types of animals? Or different types of humans? I mean, like, you know, you are already differentiating between male and female, woman and man. So why is it that much harder to add on some extra descriptors? I'm sure that since you're so transphobic to say this that you're probably also a d- another kind of bigot. podcast yeah <laughs> i mean like other types of bigots which are like yeah. racists and things like that and so you can di- you can differentiate colors right like you can you can add these into your repertoire it's not that hard it takes time and what i ask of you as a queer trans person is do your own research and learn because i do this great podcast I am only one person, and I have taken on a lot of responsibility being an advocate and voice for a lot of queer trans people, but your queer trans person in your life or whoever maybe doesn't want all that responsibility, doesn't want to answer those questions. And just take initiative. Show your trans person that you really want to learn and understand what they're going through, or if not what they're going through, at least understand and show them that like you're trying to listen to them and understand the community a little bit better. And I I know that, I mean, I joke about transphobes. I know that our core audience for this are people who are genuinely trying to learn to be better because there's, there's two ways to approach this. I have a thought about how the world is supposed to exist, and I'm going to enforce that thought on the world or ignore that any other way to perceive it is out there, or I am genuinely trying to support humans and and be there for other humans and so i'm going to take a little more time out of out of my day to educate myself so that i can be a better human to other humans you and i are very humanistic people and and that it feels kind of easy because we feel a sense of responsibility for that but i cannot understand how there are people out there that don't think it's important to especially hey people who label themselves christian and are saying like we we need to help humanity and we need to save people and we need to be like Jesus, and then not feel like understanding what humanity is like and who people are is part of that journey. I, I'm very confused by that. So, thank I, you for listening to our podcast to make yourself feel to make yourself stronger in, yes, in being and, a and better learn. human. And yeah. learn, like that is as much as this podcast is chronicling my transition. 
I want my transition to be a learning opportunity for people. So this week's gender euphoria is for me again. Please, somebody send your gender euphoria <laughs> to questions at transgenderpod.com. Please, please let us know what's really good in your life. We want to hear about it. Listen, it's hard coming up with one. I know I do it every week. But if you have anything, let us know. We want to share it. So this week's gender euphoria is my being correctly gendered, even in my new uniform. So if you don't know, you don't follow me on Instagram or any of my other socials at aliana.kruger. I recently started a new job uh, with Mayo Clinic Ambulance. I am a EMT basic. Woo! I've never called you basic, but uh, here you are. (laughs) Here I am. They are based out of Rochester, Minnesota, where Mayo Clinic is. That is actually where I am recording tonight. Hello, Rochesterians. I don't know what you guys call yourselves. But the uniforms and pretty much all of men's style of clothing is to make you look as blocky and like mono-shaped as you can be. Like, I swear to God, I throw on my shirt and I'm like, I look like a fucking rectangle, (laughs) more so than I normally do. (laughs) Yeah, even through that, I was being correctly gendered this week, which is really cool. On a side note, this is more of a gender... You fucking idiots. Men's sizing doesn't fit women. It really does not. This this place that we got our uniforms from has women's sizings, but they are small to extra large. Yet they have 2X in other different articles of clothing. Not in their shirt sizes. The one thing that like needs to fit properly? No, no, no. They don't have that. So me, a woman who has a more masculine frame and small pancakes, um, you know, I'm able to fit in it okay. For some of my colleagues, though... It is not the same. (laughs) And can we please have more inclusive sizing for plus size women and maybe not force women to use men's clothing as uniforms? Also, men, figure out your fucking clothing. Don't be a rectangle. Yeah, I'm tired of being a rectangle. If you have questions about transitioning or supporting someone who is transitioning and you'd like to talk about it on the show, please shoot us an email at questions at transgendapod.com. Be sure to check out our episode description for links to resources on today's topics. Thanks for listening. I've been Cam. I've been Anna. And this has been The Transgender. Love you all, except the bigots. And men's sizes. 